and welcome to Theatre Club. We're here with our usual theatre reviews, theatre news, and theatre booze. This week you have me, Oscar, and I'm joined by Madeline. Hello! We've got three different plays to talk about this week. We've got The Antipodes at the National Theatre, we have On Bear Ridge at the Royal Court Theatre, and Shook at the Southwark Playhouse. But before we dive into those, and before you do the top tip, Madeline, yeah, remember we were talking about the other week top five Disney films. Oh yes. Uh-huh. Um. So the same people that I follow on Instagram that put those templates up, they're called at the Stagey Couple. They had another one which was shows I wish would come back. <gasps> so I wrote my list, which was number one was Grey Gardens. Oh my from god. Playhouse. And number two was The City of Angels, or sorry, just City of Angels, which was a musical that was on at the Donmar Warehouse, I think in 2014, 15. And we'd already wanted to see it and couldn't get tickets. It totally sold out. Anyway, I'd put that on my list because it's one that I've always, you know, the one that got away. Yeah. And this week they have announced that it is returning. Amazing! And it's two of the original stars, Rosalie Craig and her husband, Hadley Fraser, who's also in it. Mm-hmm. They're both going to come back to the production. It's going to go to the Garrick Theatre. And yeah, I cannot wait to see it. So, initially in my head, I'm thinking you're saying City Angels. I'm thinking you mean Angels in America. I'm totally wrong. No, City of City Angels. City of Angels. Wait a minute. Musical from... Is it the film with Nicolas Cage no, 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 and Meg no, no, Ryan? No. Okay, ignore everything I'm saying. No, there's a musical from the early 90s, I believe, with music by Cy Coleman, who did um, Barnum and Sweet Charity. Okay. And The Life that we saw at Southern Playhouse. Yeah. And it's a musical about a guy, I've not seen it, but it's about, I've listened to the soundtrack, it's a guy who writes detective novels, noir detective novels, and he then goes to Hollywood to try and write a film. And I think half the characters are from his book. He starts interacting with the characters within his novel. Okay. And it just was so well received at the Donmar, and I was just so sad it never transferred and we couldn't get tickets, and everyone just said it was incredible. Oh my god, right, so... I just never thought it would come back. Did you get tickets? Yes, I yes. put tickets for the Garrick next March. I got some quite good seats. If you look, there might still be some in the stalls at the ends of rows E and F. I think the last two seats are classed as a restricted view because you'll miss the very side of the stage because you're kind That's of, fine. do you know what I mean? You're on the outmost seats. But yeah. Got those for like 35 quid in oh, previews, good, huh? and cool. then I think there'll be 40 in the regular ones. Right. But yeah, cannot wait. So it's the internet heard you. The internet heard me. I clearly, I mean, I hope some of the other stuff that I put on my list will come back. What else? I put Year in Town on there. Which I've never seen, would love to. That was really good fun. That had Jenna Russell in it. I put Fun Home. Which I never saw. Exactly. And that would be great if that came back. And I kind of felt like that deserved life after the Young Vic production. Mm -hmm. But maybe, you know, some things are better just encapsulated in the perfectness in which they were. um, And then I did Sweeney Todd. Um, which Again, was I've never seen. I would love to see. And either, any version of that, really, I'd like to come back. But we saw this pie and mash shop version that was at the Tooting Pie and Mash Shop. Uh-huh. Um, and that was so cool. So I'd love that to come back. Um, Flowers for Mrs. Harris as well, which I really I thought know. could have come to the West End. We saw that at Chichester Festival Theatre. Okay. And it was just one of the most moving things I've ever seen. Like, we all cried. I went to see it with Alison, our mum, and we all cried. Oh. It was so beautiful. I would love that to come back. I would, I completely, I'm now thinking, what would I like? Grey Gardens, 100%, I would die I to see that again. But what I would worry about, hun, is that we saw that in Southwark and it was so tiny and so intimate. 
I don't think I'd want that anywhere bigger. Yeah, you felt like you were in Grey Gardens. Oh my god, I loved it. That was such a good show. I would die to see Heather's again, and I'm still so disappointed you didn't. Well, it's going on on a tour around the UK next year, so I'm thinking, do I try and see it? I think it's probably going to go to Wimbledon. It's definitely going to Brighton. I like a trip down to Brighton, so I might try and see Heather's on its tour. And who knows, that could come... I feel like that could come back to the West End and probably will. Yeah. The other thing, and I'm going to have to Google it, is the one, another thing that I would absolutely love to see again, which was Southwark Playhouse, was that play about Judy Garland. Can you remember what it was called, hun? Was that one called... When we saw it at the Southwark Playhouse, it was called Through the Mill. Yes! And then it did transfer to the Arts Theatre in Leicester Square. That was so good. That was... That's one of those that I think... Bring that back, because now, again, we're all talking about Judy Garland again with mm. the film, and then, you know, Renee might win the Oscar, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I think that there's a revival of of that should happen. I thought that play in itself, I saw it twice and yeah. absolutely loved it. Yeah, if they could find three actresses to do it yeah. justice again, that was a really good play. Yeah. Kind of covered enough of everything, but I think you still got a good insight into her life. Yeah. Also, when you your review a couple of weeks ago of MAME, I'm still ah, yes. desperate for that to come down. So that now. has got a slight extension. It's going to do a two-town tour. So I don't know if that's kind of them dipping their toe in the water to see if like, they could maybe do a national tour okay. or bring it to the West End. Because, yeah, if that, I think you'd love that. Oh, my God, I would love that. So before we move on to our reviews this week, Madeline, what's your top tip of the next kind of show we should be booking? Okay, so... You may or may not have noticed I'm Scottish. <gasps> no. Shock, right? Um, just a wee bit. Hun. Just a wee tooty bit. Um, so I saw a flyer for this and I thought, oh, that looks so much fun. So it's King's Head Theatre up in Islington, which is a pub with a wee tiny wee theatre through the back. We've seen quite a few things there. Um, I've absolutely, I've loved some of the stuff I've seen there. It's a lovely homely vibe. It's very a, a very cute little place. It's only on for two days and it seems like I've just had a look. The tickets are selling really well. It's called, are you ready, hon? Because it's actually Mm. quite a lol. Reservoir Dugs. And in Scotland, you don't say dogs, you say dugs, right? Oh, okay. So the little description is, it's like, have you ever wondered what the Motherwell Michael Madsen might look like? Or perhaps the Selkirk Steve Buscemi? We'll wonder no more. In this new Scottish imagining of a Tarantino classic, we follow the journey of four Neds attempting to pick up the pieces of a disastrous robbery. Tensions build, mistakes are made, blood is spilled. The question is, were they set up? And if so, who's the rat? So this is making me think of when I saw Train Spotting at Kingshead Theatre mm. and then that transferred to the Waterloo Vaults. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if it could be like that. Yeah. And I think that aping that is available of Reservoir Dogs to turning it to being Scottish hard men. Yeah. I'm already, I'm writing some of the jokes already. Yeah, you can kind of see it, can't yeah. you? Um, the, I think quite a clever poster. It's the clever, it's a picture of, you know, the black and white dressed guys walking towards camera. But in this one, they're all wearing kilts. And I think that's a lol. Well, that's cool. So this is, it's only on for two days. It's on the 2nd and the 3rd of February, 2020. I mean, I can't even believe we're talking about 2020 already, but hello, it's just around the corner. Having a look, it's seats, loads of seats already sold, particularly for the Sunday. So I kind of personally 
we don't know a great deal about it, but we know the King's Head's great. We know that Scottish people are great. Hello. <laughs> um, we're massive Tarantino fans in the podcast. So I think this would be an absolute dip your toe in and see. Tickets are cheap as well. They're about £18, including booking. I think that it's definitely worth a punt. Yeah, I'd be up for booking that. Yeah. That sounds fun. Cool. So let's move on to a first of our three plays we're reviewing on Bear Ridge, which was one of Alice's top tips yep. a couple of episodes ago. It was about to be on at the National Theatre Wales. This is a co-production between the National Theatre Wales and the Royal Court, and it stars Risa Fans, and I think I've always wanted to see him on stage, and that's kind of why it was Alice's top tip yeah. as well. And yeah, it was really fantastic. So I went to see it at the Royal Court. It's just opened there, where it will run until 23rd of November, so it's okay. on for a good month. And it's written by Ed Thomas, who did a TV show in Wales called Hinterland, which I've heard, I haven't seen it. I think it was no, on the I've BBC. Not yeah. And so this stars only four actors in it. It stars Risa Fans as John Daniel and Reiki Aola as Nuni. Do you reckon that's how you pronounce her name? Aeola. Yeah, Aeola. Like the nipple. Well, no, it's an Areola. Areola. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aeola, like the like garlicky yogurt. The garlicky dip. Yeah. So. Reiki Aeola is Nuni, who is his wife. So they're a couple. We meet them. They're in their shop, which is called Bear Ridge Stores. And it's on a mountainside in Wales. And they also have Ifan William working for them, who's a young boy. And he works as their slaughterer. Because, you know, they're like a butcher's. They sell all sorts of this shop. And he sort of works below the shop. And he's played by Sean Daniel Young. And then into this situation comes the captain, who is played by Jason Hughes. And he is a sort of military man. Okay. And he walks in and basically pulls a gun on them right from the beginning. And that's how their relationship sort of kicks off in this sort of uneasy dynamic. So the setting is quite post-apocalyptic or... That's what I was thinking. Is it present day? We just don't well, know. Well, we don't really know, but it's kind of... a. a I think it's, it's definitely a future. Okay. A, an apocalyptic style future where this world, this Wales has kind of fallen they talk a lot about the old language and the old whales and the old shop the shop is now completely deserted it's snowing the set outside is kind of outside the shop is mountainous and snowy and we don't know why this soldier has come in and why he's kind of pulled the gun on them but it that you know you get that apocalyptic sense that no one trusts each other this is wild country now this isn't the world that we know it's quite bleak because of that setting but it's also quite funny right like in the way you're talking about how scottish you know when you think of a place scottish people there's that sense of you know you can see where the good comedy is going to come from similar with welsh people and this has a lot of um my new word for this week which is bathos have you ever heard of bathos no. You know, like you have pathos. Yeah. Bathos is kind of an anti-climax. So after a maybe a speech of sort of grand, it's shifting from the kind of grand and sublime to the mundane or vulgar. Okay. So they'll have this very intense scene where the captain arrives and he's pointing this gun at them and it's very, very extreme. And then that tension is instantly broken by him being like, can I use your loo? Or, you know, oh, right. Some, okay. right. this very, they snap from one thing to the other yeah. and comedies and the sort of deadpan delivery of um, Noonie and John Daniel in this situation, when he kind of, when he finally drops the gun after his first interaction, he's like, you know, sorry for that. And they're like, no, 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 you're all right. Yeah. Like a very matter of fact about it. But it didn't undercut the sincerity or the drama of the previous moment. It just added that sort of comedic level of the everyday. Because even in this post-apocalyptic situation, it is, they are still just living their everyday life. And they are just sort of normal people. And there was some really funny humour. And I think that's quite 
yeah, quite Welsh in that sort of, yeah. you know, everyday sort of, you know, no, no worries, you were just po- poking a gun at me, but you're right. Yeah. Moving on, cup of tea. The whole play kind of runs on that level. We veer between these very intense scenes and very intense monologues to kind of more comic moments. And we learn as we go through the piece, I don't want to give too much away, but we learn it's basically a, a lot about loss. They've lost okay. their son and they're sort of still coming to terms with that. And so we, we learn more about their son and what happened to their son and their son's relationship with um, Ifan William, the young boy who's working in the shop. We kind of learn how they, because to begin with, they don't really want to speak about the son and what's happened to him. And okay. as we get further into play, they open up more about their emotions and it's really, yeah, it was very interesting. It's straight through, no interval. So it's one of those, you're in that moment, you're very in the drama of it all. You couldn't put an interval in this piece. Right. You have to be fully in this. Yeah. It's a it's a very much like a, a waiting for Godot. You know, waiting for Godot. Yeah. That sense of, there's definitely moments when you're like, is this even real? Okay. Are we in his mind? Has the world already ended? Yeah, so it's like, are we even in the real present are we not so it's you know it's fairly abstract fairly bleak but yeah. also very comic there's some really interesting writing and I think the acting is just so superb the four these four actors are just obviously top of their game the delivery of it is brilliant so Risa fans on stage worth Risa fans is really really good yeah. I was also really pleasantly surprised by Reykjola as his wife I thought she was I mean they were all brilliant there's only four of them in it yeah. but she was really really brilliant um their dynamic together just you know they were like we're not gonna you know they're not leaving their mountain they're not Mm -hmm. leaving their store that's where their son's buried on this mountain and that that dynamic between them worked so well I believe that they had been married their whole life and that they had had this child and they had lost this child the grief was kind of palatable right between the two of them really I would really really recommend it I I think I think it was an hour and a half again I'd say this with everything I think you could chop 10 minutes off okay but only 10 minutes, yeah. and then it would just be, like, just a little bit more perfect. But, yeah, it definitely kept my attention. I thought the writing was definitely interesting. Um, the ideas were interesting, and I wasn't considering, I've said, you know, it's quite abstract, and you're sort of thinking, is this maybe all in his head, or has this happened, or are we in a purgatory of sorts? Mm-hmm. I don't mean that to sound like you're ever left kind of thinking, oh, what was it? I wasn't left um, unsatisfied. Yeah. So it's satisfying as a piece in and of itself. You can just read it however you want. Okay. So would you say then, um, any if you were booking a ticket for this, any bad sight lines? Do you feel like it's you could sort of sit anywhere in the theatre? Um, tickets range from twelve to forty nine pounds. It actually kind of wouldn't matter where you sat. I know their slip seats are very cheap. I think they're twelve pounds. Mm-hmm. Of course, you miss whatever side you're on. You miss that near side. But again, for this, if someone was on that near side talking, you'd miss their facial performance if you couldn't see them. But you can just listen to it. You can watch other characters interact. It's a talky piece. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think when I've got a really bad sightline for a play like this, it's actually okay because I think if this was a radio drama, I'd still be gripped. Yeah. By the yeah, dialogue. That's a good point. And if the other actors are amazing like they are in this, they should be reacting to what's happening. So you can watch someone that's not talking on a part of the stage you can see. So yeah, you can find a cheap seat at the um, Royal Court for sure for 12 quid. Um, and even if you wanted to splash out, you can get a really good seat for 30 nine pounds or something yeah. it's not that much it's in the great, great scheme yeah. of things Court's lovely as well yeah she's got some really good options and their seats are so comfy there oh they're yeah like, they are aren't they they're like sort of big leather they sort of fold down and they're these leather seats and they're actually really comfy so I would say get a ticket wherever you can it's on until November 23rd okay and I think it's really worth watching for these performances and just I think you will go away being left thinking oh 
mm. you know what you know the emotional impact really it kind of packs a punch in that it stays with you yeah yeah cool i really really enjoyed it i'm loving the royal court yeah Hannah, so i always said it's, it's just not something i was ever on top of because it's maybe too far west i yeah. just never checked their website and i've now been to two shows there this and the um carol churchill imp kill yeah, bluebeard glass that. blah 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 and i've loved both it's yeah. yeah i've not seen anything there that's been a dud i have to say yeah, I'm de- I'm looking forward to going back for whatever for my next trip. Cool. For sure. So let's go straight over to our next review, which is from a theatre that you have been to, let's say, at least more than once. <laughs> yeah, basically my weekly stop off at the Southwark Playhouse, see what's happening. So this week I went to see um, a play called Shook at the Southwark Playhouse. And I want to start by saying I am so grateful and feel so privileged that I have seen this play. This play is exceptional. Absolutely mind-blowingly incredible. I cannot emphasise that enough at the top of this. Before I even review, if you're listening to this, just start booking tickets now before I even get to the end of this review. I want to know you've booked your tickets. You have to see this show. So, Southwark Playhouse is two theatres, the large and the little. They're both pretty wee. Um, But this um, particular play is in the little. And the play surrounds its three boys. Their names are Kane, Riyad and John Joe. And they're in a young offenders institution. So the set is basically just a room in this institution. And the kid, these three boys are undergoing, like the framework of the play is that they're undergoing parenting classes because each of them are, are have children at different stages on the outside. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that they do these parenting classes, which will then give them skills and the wherewithal to be able to be proper fathers once they leave yeah. the prison. It starts with one of the best performances. Like, it's worth saying, oh, there's only four cast members. All of them are absolutely spotless. They're all utterly brilliant. But it starts with this this character, his name's Keen, played by Joshua Finnan. And the play kind of starts with him coming in and it's just this assault on your senses. This boy, he's just talking, talking, talking and rabbiting on, rabbiting on, rabbiting. You just, it's, and he's saying so much information. He's obsessed with film. So he keeps dropping in like, lines from films but they're all utter shit films you know there's like you know lines from well not utter shit films like lines from training day or things like you know he watches lad these films. lad films lad films yeah. on the other side of the sort of the room is a boy who's not saying anything so we've got kane john joe then another boy comes in and he's called riyad and then there's the teacher of the parenting classes her name's grace and she's coming in and she's trying to kind of wrangle these three very different personalities. Um, we're gradually finding out why each of them are kind of there. But that would be actually to do a disservice to the play. Worth saying the play is written by a boy called Samuel Bailey. He's a new name in theatre. He won, this is um, a Papa Tango new writing prize. Um, and this boy, this sorry, Samuel Bailey won the prize. There's um 1400 entries. He's won, so it's his debut play, oh, debut wow. full length play. Smashed out of the park first He's time around. Absolutely smashed it. I mean, I can't overemphasize that enough. Sometimes, if because these they're in this 
sort of prison setting and a lot of the plays these young boys talking to one another teasing each other and sometimes if you think about things like this often you can think it could be a bit like cringy and a bit awkward because it might be a playwright that's maybe not so down with that kind of language or yeah. you'd smart and wince at things like this and I've certainly seen a few things where I've thought oh god that's like a really posh person trying to write how a working class person speaks mm-hmm. and they don't understand it the writing on this is absolutely spot on. The Samuel Bailey, he has got into the heads of each of these boys and represents their backgrounds, their culture so well. The script is incredible. I would love to read it. Another thing I wanted to say was there's um, Richard Hammerton's sound design in this. When they do little transitions, there's this sort of foreboding almost Aphex Twin-esque kind of soundtrack that comes in and it just serves to give you that feeling of the utter claustrophobia of these young men in this offender's institution and the thought that the grace, the teacher comes in from the outside and all of the movements in the stage, it's all so simple, but it is impeccably done. I mean, if this is... Five out of five, ten out of ten. This is yeah. just outstanding theatre. Yeah, well, you, when you saw it, you texted me I right texted afterwards you. saying you've got to go see this. Got to, got to, got to. And that's, I think, you know, I know we go and see a lot of theatre and we recommend a lot of theatre to each other, but, you know, I know that feeling when you get out and you have to text someone right away. I mean, yeah, like, this is like... Whereas I've seen two plays this week that I thought have been really good and I yeah. would recommend to you, but not enough that I had to be texting oh you my God, right huh? away. Go, 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 go. When I left the theatre, I grabbed a few of the flyers and at work I've got... A few people that kind of go to theatre or like to and, or talk about it and they'll always say oh have you got any plays you'd recommend and I gave them this flyer I was like just book this yeah. just go and see well, this I'm, yeah I'm going to book it I'm literally you on the website now I cannot wait good um, and tickets are £22 tickets yep yeah, um, usual Southern oh yeah worth saying it's Monday to Saturday 8pm um, tickets are £22 £18 concessions um, the other thing, while we're still talking about Southwark and getting tickets for things, so tickets are usually around £22, yep. unless you do a preview, which is 14 I've This has been in my like, brain, but I've just never sort of looked into it, because, you know, and I follow people on Instagram that kind of do similar things that we do, go see a lot of theatre. Yeah. Um, one of them, at Thrifty Theatre, she always posts about this, um, which is their pay-as-you-go subscription at Southwark. Uh, what? Yes, and I don't know why. I always see, when she, whenever she goes to see someone there and says, got this through pay-as-you-go, I think, why? I should look into this and just never do. Basically, their pay-as-you-go thing is you pay £60 and you get five tickets for £60. So maths here, 60 divided by five is £12. Uh, Han, why am I doing that? Yeah, so it's 12 quid. So even if you used your free ticket, and you can use your free tickets for any show, anytime. So if you used all your free tickets on your previews, you'd be saving two quid. But of course, if you went to see something later in the run for £22, you're paying 12 quid per show and you get your five tickets. I'm on their website all the time and I've never noticed this. I don't think it's like quite clear enough, but if you go onto the website and you click on your visit and then drop down to pay as you go subscriptions and yeah, I obviously just need to be doing this. I'm going to book to go and see Shook and I might just get this um, yeah, pay-as-you-go thing. Su- superstar or a top yeah. tip from last so, week. So basically you go there all the time. You need to be doing this. I um, cannot believe I've not even sussed that. I know. Yeah. So, but actually, do you know what? I don't feel bad in a way because I would. I will leave f- money to that theatre in my will. Yeah, we love this other playhouse. We love it. We love it, we love it, we love it. Okay, so is it time for a little drinkaroo? It is indeed. Yes.
So the next show I'm going to review is called The Antipodes, which is a new play by Annie Baker at the National Theatre. And so the cocktail is going to be inspired by that. <gasps> and for anyone who has already seen it, they will know why the main ingredient of this cocktail is sparkling water, or more specifically, Perrier water. Ooh! Because part of the set is a big pile of boxes of Perrier water, and they drink it throughout the show. Sounds so, like my flat. Yeah, basically, you're obsessed with sparkling water. And so this is a very simple cocktail, which is just vodka, sparkling water, some orange bitters, a lovely big slice of fresh orange, just a little bit of honey syrup. So that's just boiling water and honey that you mix together to make a syrup, just to add a tiny bit of sweetness to counteract your bitters. Yeah, so it's just like a, yeah, sparkling, sparkling body, clean, fresh, clear. Oh, that's nice, hun. See, it's funny, I don't usually always like vodka, well, it doesn't really taste too much, so it's quite a nice, like, neutral spirit, yeah, I think. Whereas exactly. gin's got more of a botanical. Vodka's, like, you're kind of... I hate easy. gin. Yeah, I know you don't like gin, but the one I, the cocktail I did last week, you kind of enjoyed, didn't you? I know, I know, but you you tricked me. That's true, I didn't tell you, did I? So, tell me about Antipodes. The Antipodes is by Annie Baker, and I haven't seen her previous two shows at the National Theatre, which were called The Flick and John, and they were both on the National Theatre, although I kind of don't remember, they kind of passed me by, so I didn't see either of those, but they were very well received. She's an American playwright, and this play, The Antipodes, is new to London. It was on two years ago, I believe, on Broadway, and they just bought it to the Dorthman Theatre, which is the smaller of the National Theatre ones, you know, the one that you separate entrance around the side of the oh, National Theatre. Yeah, yeah. So it was in there and, um, but yeah, I didn't really know anything about Annie Baker or her previous plays and that obviously she's very well regarded. I just kind of recognise some of the cast from this. So um, Conleith Hill, who was in Game of Thrones, he played Varys, who's the eunuch with the bald head in Game it's of Thrones. It's lost on me, hun, you know I hate it. Oh, fine. But anyway, he's a brilliant actor. <laughs> we saw him doing um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Um, <gasps> Which I did. Opposite Imelda Staunton, so he was brilliant in that. Um, it also stars Hadley Fraser, who I mentioned earlier, who is uh, Mr. Rosalie Craig. He's married to Rosalie Craig. Right. And they are both going to be appearing in City of Angels okay. when it comes back. Um, yeah, brilliant actors. So I really kind of wanted to see that and I didn't know anything about this play. Now, how do I describe the play? I started reading through the programme because I thought when I was sat in the auditorium thinking this will give me a little idea. Did you know anything about it? No, nothing at all. And the programme did not help me in any way. It doesn't give you like a synopsis. The programme, I started reading it and it basically has a lot about um, mythology and it Mm -hmm. kind of has various different versions of the creation myth in here. How different countries or different civilizations thought the world began. Okay. But yeah, it didn't tell me anything about the play. So the play begins and the set is, it runs down, it's kind of a thrust stage and there's a big boardroom table. I guess it looks like it could be something in Silicon Valley. Very clean and in the corner is piled up all these boxes of Perrier. Quite a simple set and it opens up and they're all in the boardroom having a meeting and they're discussing, that it starts with them discussing mythical creatures. It's one of those plays that slowly ekes out what's happening but never actually tells you. So they're there as a sort of writer's room or maybe a think tank. They've been employed to kind of come up with stories, Mm -hmm. I guess, but we don't know what type of stories. And at the head of this table is Conleith Hill and he is playing this Steve Jobsian kind of American laid back guy who's running this meeting, but they're all kind of a little bit scared of him, but kind of a little bit in love with him. And he says, I want to hear personal stories from you all that's this is how this is going to work we go around we tell personal stories the ideas will come the stories will happen but 
again, we have no idea what the actual purpose of this of this group of people is, but they go around and they tell these personal stories. And the writing is really brilliant. I wish I'd seen Annie Baker's other plays because the writing right from the off was like really sharp, really funny. And the acting, obviously, delivering it was just brilliant. And so it starts, we go around, we hear these various personal stories about the first time people had sex or people's regrets. And they go around and each tell these stories. And again, we have no real idea what they're kind of working towards but it is something to do with storytelling but obviously having read the program I'm kind of starting to think is this maybe are they trying to create a new creationist myth okay. are they trying to create a new religious story or a new religious cult or a new you know you're thinking is this a real world thing or are, again are they maybe in are they up in heaven or something creating yeah. stories are they in this other world are they otherworldly beings that are running our universe and creating yeah. stories you have no real idea. Okay, yeah. And so the main character, Conley Hill, what's his character called? Sandy. Right. As the piece goes on, he kind of becomes more and more disengaged with them. So they're not allowed to use their phones in this office at all, but he's always on his. And then he starts to distance himself more and more from the group and they start to sort of get a bit paranoid as to why that is and mm-hmm. like, is their group not working? Right. Is this project failing? It slowly starts to descend. I should say this is two hours straight through, no interval. Oh God, hun. See, that would be... a yeah, I, I mean, and the writers are sort of trapped, or the writers are whatever they are, these people working on this project, they're kind of trapped in this environment and they can't leave because they feel this responsibility to stay there and they don't want to go home early when he's not there. Like the audience. Yes, and we never see them leave. We cut from scene to scene. So they'll suddenly do this movement, they'll all spin around in their chairs and then suddenly we're on a different day. And they did some really clever bits about how suddenly they would appear with different props. So you can tell they're in a slightly different day, but they never leave the stage. We're always, always with them. And it's very abstract and it's very bizarre. The His secretary, Sandy's secretary, who was played by Sinead Matthews, was really hilarious. She plays this kind of slight, not ditzy, but like this sort of flighty secretary sort of pops in. She's very helpful. Um, she's sort of, you know, whatever food you want, she comes in with the menu so they can order their food. And at one point, Sandy asks her to tell a story and she tells this story and she tells it in such a matter of fact kind of way um, while she's handing out these menus. But basically her story is like a sort of modern day Hansel and Gretel about how she goes to this witch's house. And, you know, when she gets there, she's like, oh, and then I realised that the pillars of the gates at the front were actually spikes with human heads on. Anyway, so I go inside (laughs) and it's this, she's telling it in this very matter. So it kind of has these real flights, not flights of fancy, kind of the opposite like these really odd things happening but they're presented in such a mundane way they're sat in this office it's very it's so odd I'm I'm struggling as you may hear to kind of really convey what it is and I don't want to give too much away because watching it I was just like what is going on I don't I I'm trying to sort of decide whether I whether I wanted a more conclusive ending as to what the end goal of this project is they're working on Mm -hmm. like do I want to know what this story is they're creating do I want to have a bit more of a conclusive answer for what it is that this play is actually about? Or am I just enjoying the kind of the the interesting writing and the brilliant performances? So I laughed a lot. I'm really glad I saw it. But I'm just thinking, who do I recommend this one to? I just, I did really like it. I just don't know if I would say to you, like you're saying to me, go and see Shook. Oh my God, yeah. I think... Like you're not. You're... I'm humming and hawing about this one as to whether I should be like go and see it mm. because part of it I would think oh Madeline would love this 
and then part of it I think you would lose your patience with it towards the end yeah yeah you'd be like what's the point of this I think is how you would feel and I'd be thinking I'm at the national and I've got at least an hour's journey home yeah and you'd be thinking what is the point Whereas on Bear Ridge, I thought, although it was, you know, are we in purgatory? Is he dead? Is he alive? The theme of grief, of loss, of loss of community, of things changing, of societal, you know, the themes were really clear, even though the environment and atmosphere we were in was quite abstract. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good play. And I think definitely check it out if you have any interest. Um, but, yeah, just be prepared to maybe not totally get all the answers you might want. Okay, good review, hun. And it runs until, same as on Bear Ridge, it runs until November 23rd at the Dorfman Theatre. Tickets start from £15 up to 51 So I would say get a seat wherever you can in the Dorfman. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, say try, you know, try a £15 seat. It's about kind of listening to it and the storytelling of it all. So if you do go, just, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about where you sit. The sight lines in there are fairly good wherever you are. It's a square kind of theatre. Just grab a seat wherever you can. Okay. There's, there's no real kind of don't go here, don't go there. But obviously in some places you're going to see more of some sides of the stage than the other. Cool. Thank you so much for that review. Um, Do you have sorry. any other theatre news that we should have been chatting about other than City of Angels, which was my most exciting thing of the I week? I think that's it, hun. I feel like... The initial sort of like flurry of excitement surrounding Sister Act is kind of calmed. Yeah, and we didn't end up booking tickets for Sister no. Act because I it's think so just, expensive. It's so expensive. Also, and it's it's the bloody Apollo. It's where I went to see Kate Bush. It's a massive, massive venue. It's not somewhere that I go to see whether or not Whoopi's got eyebrows anymore. And if you sit on the, you know, outermost seats of the back of the stalls, it's still 70 quid. And I just couldn't, I was, I just couldn't decide, do I go for, you know, 70 pounds or 60 pounds to be really far back and off to the side? And it's such a wide theatre that you're going to be looking really side on. But then it's like, can I justify spending 109 pounds to be slightly more central in a huge theatre? I just couldn't. And then by the time I'd hummed and hard, any cheap seats had gone. And now it's looking pretty much sold out. But I have a feeling that they haven't put all the tickets on sale. Yeah, Because absolutely. I never saw, even when I went on the first morning they were on sale, I never saw a full seating map for any date. I feel like they're holding blocks of tickets back. So who knows? And we'll see. They'll probably do a lottery or something. Yeah, Let's I think hope. there'll be a lottery. Um, what shows do we have coming up that we can tease people with? What's going to be well, on our next episode I of am absolutely... Club? Very, very exciting because we are going to see and Juliet. Like yeah, the we did put tickets for and Juliet. So and Juliet is a kind of musical based on what would have happened to Juliet maybe if she didn't stay with Romeo or something. Yeah, but it's pop songs by That's Max right. Martin. It's who Max Martin. We wrote Baby One More Throne. Baby One More Time. Yeah, everything. Katy Perry, I the Tiger, whatever that song's called, Raw. Everything. Huh? Backstreet he Boys. He's like he's the pop. He's the pop hit maker. Pop from, yeah, and so they've taken all those songs. So it looks kind of silly, fun, doesn't it? Kind of big, bright pop musical. Yeah. But I know it was been in Manchester, and lots of my friends have seen it there. Loved it. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, so we've got that. I have got a ticket to Sydney and the Old Girl, which is the with Miriam Margulies at the Bridge yes, Theatre. Yes, which we talked about last week. Brilliant. So I'll be interested to see that. So yeah, we'll have reviews of both of those, I reckon, and anything else that we um, managed to fit in. I will have seen Shook, so I can tell you what I think of Shook yes, as well. Yes, I can't wait, hun. 
Yeah, so thank cool. you so much for listening to this episode of Theatre Club Podcast. Just to recap the shows, just one more time, we saw On Bear Ridge at the Royal Court Theatre, which runs till November 23rd, tickets ranging from £12 to £49. Shook is on at the Southwark Playhouse until the 23rd of November again. Tickets are £22, unallocated seating. Sounds like this is one to book, book, book. 100 book, 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 book. sell out, who knows, it's not a big space. And then you have the Antipodes at the Dorfman Theatre, also finishing on November 23rd. Tickets, £15 up to £51. So those were our three shows, and until next time, do follow us on Instagram, at Theatre Club Podcast. Do leave a review on iTunes. Do comment on any of our Instagram posts. If you've been to see any of the shows we've seen, let us know what you thought. And until next time, I've been Oscar. I've been Madeline. And this has been Theatre Club Podcast. Bye! Bye!